Christopher Brenna. And this is Strange Religion. So, Andrew. Yeah, yes, Christopher. <laughs> what are you wearing underneath? Underneath? Underneath my my khakis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm wearing a pretty Well I should first of all I don't wanna I don't wanna put my reality on you. So are you wearing underwear? Is there anything underneath? That's true. Don't put me don't pigeonhole. No, me. I wouldn't. Uh, I think I'm wearing a pretty standard set of uh, boxer briefs. Yeah. Boxer briefs. Yep. Cotton. You know, Hanes probably. Yeah, let me check. I'm going to check the color on mine here. Yeah, they're blue today. Do you have the day of the week ones? I don't. I've heard about those. I forget what day of the week it is so often that I don't think it would be helpful for me, especially in the morning. You'd have to know ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I I really feel like, you know, boxer briefs kind of settled the war between boxers and briefs for most men. I I think of them as more of a, well, I think of them as business underwear. If I'm relaxing, I'm going to wear boxers. Oh, well, I didn't know that about you. (laughs) I mean, if you're you're wearing shorts in the summertime, you wear boxers, you know. Right. If you're putting on a suit, you want everything tucked away. (laughs) One thing's in control. White underpants are the funniest underpants, though, is the thing. They are, because it's it's really inviting disaster, isn't it? Well, what sort of disaster <laughs> is it inviting? <laughs> uh, just, you know, sometimes it's hard for people, I've heard, not me, <laughs> to keep things white down there. Right. So... All right, so we haven't said what we do. Like, we haven't said what this is, and it's been like five minutes. That's true. Uh, uh, strange Religion is a podcast where we talk about religious things that we think are strange in some way, in the broadest sense. That's true, and we are trying to work with a season format, and this being our first season, we've decided on a theme, and the theme is bodies, blood, and cloth. So each of our episodes this season will deal with the bodies of humans most of the time, I think all of the time, posthumously, what happens to the remains of bodies. We're talking about blood, religious use of blood, and then we're also talking about the religious use of cloth. Today, our subject takes us to the concept, the the, uh, religious use of cloth, and specifically, we're talking about holy Mormon underwear or magic Mormon underwear. Yeah. Now, I think that's how most people are aware of it, as Mormons wear magic underwear sometimes. Uh, Mormons actually find this, as far as I can tell, I'm not a Mormon, nor am I an expert on Mormonism. Uh, Mormons find this description somewhat offensive, that this is not, and that they do not think of it as a magical object that has special powers or anything, but they, they want it to be respected. You know, I get that. So we will not be referring to it as magical underwear. We'll refer to it either as Holy Mormon underwear or as they refer to it as the temple garments. Yeah. I mean, they're referred to as temple garments because uh, not all Mormons wear the Mormon underwear. Not all Mormons wear temple garments. This is something you receive when you go through the endowment ceremony, which 
to put it succinctly, is a ceremony in which you sort of affirm your commitment. Uh, you make a, a new or a greater covenant as part of the Mormon faith. It's a secret ceremony. There's a lot of secret stuff going on. You get a secret name. It happens in the Mormon temple, which is a holiest kind of building in Mormonism, as I understand it. Yeah, and in general, the Mormons have not wanted to talk about their underwear, the temple garments. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to be making fun of it, uh, at least until 2014, where they released uh, a video explaining how this is just a religious vestment, the way Catholic priests have religious vestments, the way that nuns wear certain habits, uh, the way any religion might have special clothing that it wears. I thought that was an interesting point <laughs> because, okay, that's an okay comparison and I understand it, but they didn't have any other religious communities underwear to compare it with. So they just compared it with other religious communities outerwear. Yeah, and I was I was going back and forth on this because I was saying, wasn't it better, like to have something people can see? Like, doesn't that make more sense than you're sort of advertising yourself? I mean, advertising is probably not the best word, but you're expressing who you are outwardly, whereas the underwear is something that's secret. People can't necessarily know that you're wearing special underwear. But then maybe that's maybe that's better then though because. That is just a personal faith kind of thing. That it is between you and your God. It's not putting on airs at all. It's a special secret between me and Elohim. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's, I mean, isn't that a little more maybe faithful or pious? I think all of the, I haven't seen a lot of Mormon videos that are like explainer videos, but they <laughs> I was thinking when I first started listening to it, I was like, wow, they got the most boring vanilla dude to, <laughs> to narrate this. But then I was like, well, probably they just got any du any Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> they just got some guy. I imagine every, every Mormon adult male having the voice of, if it's not Steve Young or like, you know, Bill Marriott, I think of that person as having the voice of the announcer of preview movie previews, just standard voice. Yeah, just the standard, like standard, the standard white, male, male voice. voice. Yeah, <laughs> like that kind of voice. <laughs> and I know that's not true, but you know, no, no, we don't want yeah. to um, stereotype Mormons. Not at all. We do want to playfully make a little bit playful fun at their underwear. Now, it's it's gone through some changes over the years. Yeah, it used to be. One, a one piece. Yeah. Um, I think long sleeves, long legs, and there was a collar all the way up at the, the neck. And I think at this point, uh, for both men and women, the garments are a little different. They stop before the knees, the men's garment. The top part of the garment looks like a T-shirt, basically. Yeah, it looks like a T-shirt with a really low collar. Like a, like a scoop neck T-shirt. Yeah. They've changed over over the years, but people who receive the temple garments, go through the endowment ceremony, are supposed to wear them day and night. They're supposed to keep them on uh, within reason, I think, for as long as possible. I read something where in the early part of the 20th century, you could find you know, old women or, or old, really faithful 
Mormons actually attempting to take a bath while basically never taking off their underwear. They would sort of switch it and wash parts of their body and, and, and keep, you know, keep a leg swung into it and then make sure that it didn't get wet, but also that they could bathe their whole parts of their body. Okay. I mean, is that, that was never part of Mormon teaching though, was it? That's just, no, I don't think so. But the, it, there does seem to be a lot of folklore that has built up around holy Mormon underwear. My question is, well, I have a lot of questions, practical questions. I think we should just get into those. What are the practical questions here? All right. Well, I mean, I told you this earlier, and when we were talking about doing this topic on Mormon underwear, uh, I, I was really excited to make fun of it because <laughs> it, it seems like on its face, on a face, a little silly. Especially because I was thinking about what about lingerie? Do you wear that underneath the Mormon underwear? Do you wear that over top of the Mormon underwear? And the more I read about it, the the less good I felt about making fun of it. Which, I mean, I don't want to make fun of it. That's a strong term. But uh, this is something they take seriously. They do. Yes, they do. But, yeah. but the answer to the question, I think, about the lingerie is, is yes, you wear the Mormon underwear. The tumble garments are the bottom-most layer as far as I can tell. So women wear bras over top of their tumble garments. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But okay. Does it make sense? I mean... Well, I mean, I guess you if you're a woman, you would still want... Because I don't... I'm looking at the female version of this. It does not offer any protection or uh, support for no. uh, a lady. And so you'd want to have the bra i think i would prefer to have it underneath i mean i, I just can't speak from personal experience on that but uh i mean yeah i mean if you look at the pictures online they don't they're not very flattering no but then they're not, not, not really trying to be flattering in sort of the modern shrink wrapped kind of sense uh so you know that makes sense that they're not flattering i do think they just have released a, a redesigned version of the underwear at least for women that is a little more form fitting um, and is a little more comfortable. Oh, yeah. It's a little more supportive. It's like yeah. spandex almost. I think it's like 95% cotton, 5% spandex, that kind of thing. Okay. So a little bit of, a little bit a little more bit of stretch to it. Yeah. Now, these, the ones that were just released, were they released this year? I think it was just this year. I think it yeah. was a few months ago. And then they go, they now go above the knee, don't they? I think they've been doing that for a while, but. Oh, well, <laughs> see, this is how everything goes to shit, Andrew. <laughs> I mean, now there's ladies walking around BYU with unclad knees, you know? Yeah. What's next? Yeah, I mean, regular Sprite? Is that what's next? Regular Sprite? Well, look, I mean, it's still not caffeinated, so <laughs> I mean, there is still some decency in the world. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they would... Uh, Go for that up in Provo. So, okay. So the the lingerie thing, part of the function of, of Mormon underwear is to keep is to keep you safe from temptation, right? Because well, is that is that what it is? Yeah, I, I I think one of the the functions of the of the garment is that when they're properly worn, they provide protection against evil temptation and evil. And my understanding is that um, maybe it's a Maybe it's a spiritual gift that's um, 
infused into the underwear in the sense that it strengthens the wearer to resist temptation or fend off evil or stand firmly for what's right. These are the words of the LDS literature. But I can see how, like, if you were getting to some heavy petting and you got down <laughs> to the underwear, you might be able to resist temptation quite a bit better if you saw someone wearing one of these. Well, this is, yeah, the question I have, and I, th- I think it's unclear to me because of my lack of knowledge, and I think because of the how secretive they've been. My sense, anyway, is that they don't think the, the garment is infused with some sort of sacred magical power. That's why they're so offended by that terminology. But if it is a sort of practical sense, like it's a reminder, it's a reminder to you. Like when you get down to the underwear, you remember, oh, yeah, I have this underwear on. That's that's the value of it. That's how it protects you because it's a reminder that you have to keep on as long as possible. It's like when, you know, people try to wear like something on their wrist or like they tie a string around their fingers to remember something or set a reminder on their phone. Yeah, or like a locket or something yeah. and you put it under your shirt. You usually don't wear a locket on the outside. Or a wedding ring, you know, it's, I mean, I guess that's kind of a reminder. I guess... That makes sense to me. I just, I think the practical, for me, the scenario of putting lingerie over your holy Mormon underwear, the only legitimate case in which that would happen if I were a Mormon man married to a Mormon woman is that I would come home, you know, and there's candles lit. I think, <laughs> oh, oh, shh, you know, it's my, it's our anniversary. I forgot. And <laughs> then, you know, I go into the bedroom. And there's my wife in her best pair of lingerie, you know, sort of weirdly over the top of this very, very unsexy garment. <laughs> I just think, okay, we know that the, the all the clothes are going to be going away. Uh, yeah. Or I assume that. And so why, why couldn't it just be the lingerie? Why couldn't she have those hanging up? And and in that scenario, he's getting down to his and then saying, oh, I remember about the underwear. Now I'm going to take them off. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we can say that they don't do that. I mean, I, I haven't been able to find anything that explains how this plays into sexual activity. I mean, on the, uh, the Mormon handbook, on the uh, LDS website, they explain that you can you're supposed to keep the clothing on as much as possible, as much as in reason. But if you're doing something like going swimming, you could take it off. Like if you're going to go swimming, you remove the garment and then just put it back on when you're done. Okay. Can you read that? Is there a part? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they mention when they, so when somebody who has, or is wearing a tumble garment must remove the garment, such as for swimming, they should put it back on as soon as possible. So you can take it off, but earlier, they specify that endowed members should wear the temple garment both day and night. They should not remove it either entirely or partially to work in the yard or for other activities that can reasonably reasonably be done with the garment worn properly beneath the clothing. So I guess if you're doing yard work. Can you wear just the t-shirt on the top with nothing over the top of it? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's supposed to be underneath. I think, I don't think you're supposed to advertise it. Now, the, the handbook also says that nor should they remove it to lounge around the home in swimwear or immodest clothing. 
you can't remove it just to lounge around in in lingerie, whether you're a man or a woman, you know, whatever sort of sexy underpants you might have. Yeah, you can't just take that to lounge around. But if you're, you know, like you said, it's your anniversary, that's not really lounging around. Like you're moving it for a specific purpose, uh, as you would remove it to bathe, I assume. Well, so the swimsuit thing, what? It, so you can't, you couldn't wear a bikini and just lounge around for tanning. Like you couldn't just be out at the poolside in in a bikini. But that's how I'm reading it, but I'm not clear because it says, nor should they remove it to lounge around the home and swimwear. Now, if you're at a pool, you're outside. Yeah, I suppose. But I'm from Minnesota. I mean, I'm not from Utah. Like it's uh, tanning outside is a very limited activity. This is true. Uh, so speaking of people who remove it, um, so Steve Young removes it, uh, not in football anymore, but he is a Mormon and he has talked publicly about not wearing the Mormon underwear when he played a game. So when he was out on the field, he was not in his, he took it off. And the idea was that he felt like it wasn't an appropriate venue for his underwear. So, but he would put it back on after the game. I read something similar about Mormons who were in the military, that if it was going to cause some sort of disturbance or draw too much attention, they didn't have to wear it while they were in the military, which I think is interesting. Yeah, that's... I mean, the idea being that if you're in a barracks with a lot of other guys and it's going to cause... Um, a lot of undue attention to itself. Like people are going to notice it and think it's weird maybe, or I don't know, maybe affect your relationship with the other soldiers. Then you don't have to wear it, which seems very practical to me. And it, it, it sounds like they're saying, look, if it's causing a distraction, it's not, uh, it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. There's an aspect to physical protection. So, the LDS church uh, doesn't have say anything about physical protection. It says that the Mormon underwear provides protection against temptation and evil. So it's a spiritual protection. Okay. But there's lots and lots of Mormon folklore about Latter-day Saints who credit their temple to garments with being sur- surviving something. Uh a lot of times it's a fire. Um, sometimes it's actually even been somebody in a in a bat on a battlefield. And so, I would say, if I were a Mormon, hey, I will suffer the jabs and sneers of my barracks mates, but they're all you know. I'll be the one laughing when I survive. You know, when I survive the mission. Well, I think they do make. Uh, garments that are not white. I mean, white is the most common preferred color. But if you're in the military, you can get, you know, tan colored garments or, you know. My question is, how many pairs can you have? Aren't you don't, so you get one, you get a pair when during the endowment ceremony and those you get to put them on and then you're supposed to keep them on night and day. But what if you, you know, what if they get worn out? Well, if they get worn out, my understanding is that um, well, the, the, gar- the garments have special symbols on them, right? Oh, yeah. 
What right. are, what are they I again? This. Like what are they? It's um they're Masonic symbols actually. There's a backwards L that in masonry is called the compass. Okay. And then there's a there's a V symbol that is called the square I think in in masonry. And then there's a little hole or a line um at the navel and then um there's supposed to be a, a hole in one of the knees. Um, but since uh, people have been flying fast and loose with their garments lately, <laughs> uh, who knows if that one's still around? So, well, I mean, it, when the garment gets worn out, uh, it looks like what you do is you cut out those marks, you cut them out, and then you cut up the rest of the fabric so that you can't tell what it used to be. <clears throat> once the once the marks are cut out, the garment is no longer sacred. Now, you can buy these online. You can buy garments online. I think there's one place that sells them, like from, you know, through the Mormon church or associated with the Mormon church. I'm unclear on that. Do you have to, when you buy one, do you have to prove that you've been in an endowment ceremony? Yeah, you have It to. seems like that would, it would behoove them. You have to, to prove that. you're a Mormon. Yeah, you have to give them your, your number or whatever. You have to prove that you've gone through the endowment ceremony, I believe. You have to at least prove you're a Mormon. I think you also have to prove that you've been through the endowment ceremony. What's the max? What's the maximum number? If I wanted to buy in bulk, could I get like twelve of them? That's that I'm not sure. Because I feel like I change my underwear every day. Sure. I kind of feel like I would want. Is it is it okay as long as I'm wearing some Mormon underwear? If it's not the Mormon underwear that I got from the temple. Well, it's supposed to be clean. It's not supposed to be something that, you know, you get that one pair during the endowment ceremony and you don't take that off ever. You know, they're supposed to be uh, clean. They're not supposed. It's not supposed to have holes in it. No skid marks. Uh, no, and you are supposed to wash imagine. them. I'm reading now. You are supposed to wash them, but you're not you, supposed to. No, you are supposed to. Oh, you are supposed to. But you should not hang it up in public to dry. Oh yeah. So again, there's that secrecy to it. Like you're not supposed to advertise that you have these. You're not supposed to let people see them. Well, I remember during the campaign where Mitt Romney was running. <laughs> what, <laughs> I, what year was but, that? You remember? I, I I used to know. I just forgot right now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, 2004? No. What? 2000. Where was it? 2008? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Did he, did 2012. He 2012. It was 2012. Yeah, yeah. It was 2012. Well, 100%. okay. Did he run? Didn't he run more than once though? Oh, oh, sure. Okay. So I guess oh, we yeah. don't. Which I don't. I guess we don't know which time. You're, yeah, um, I don't. You I, ran. Okay. Yeah. It was one of. It was either the 2008 or 2012 campaign, and the there was he was walking out of somewhere, some building, and the light, uh, the light caught his shirt. He was wearing a white dress shirt. And apparently you could see his, his holy Mormon underwear underneath his shirt. Um, and that was a big s news story, apparently. Yeah. I mean, why was that a big news story? I don't know. I guess because it's the same thing. It's the same reason. People, when they hear holy Mormon underwear, they just, it seems like most people don't want to know more about it. They just want to make fun of just the basic idea. And I would submit, actually, there's you should do your research. If you really want to make fun of this stuff, 
there's there's so much more to make fun of if you want to re- do your research. <laughs> um, well, maybe this I brings us to to the title of the podcast, or you know, not to put too not to be too coy about it, but <clears throat> is this strange? Why do we think this is strange? Is it because it's underwear? Is that the only reason it's strange? Is that it's underwear? I suppose for me, it's strange for a couple different reasons. Um, number one, the secrecy is a strange thing because if I found out, so my friend Mike Ferrara, when I was growing up, he's Mormon. I don't know if, where he is anymore, but I hung out with Mike all the time. If I'd find out, I mean, he's probably too young to be in an endowment ceremony. I don't know what the minimum age is, but if I found out that his dad wore special underwear, I just, I just wouldn't care. And if they made it seem like they had spilled a terrible, terrible secret or just a really, really magnificent secret, that then I would think it was strange. So I think the secrecy is is a really strange thing. Yeah, and I I mentioned this earlier. I'm not sure if that's almost admirable. It's keeping your sort of personal faith like very personal. Like you are doing something, but you can't wear this as, like you can't lord this over anybody. I mean, you can imagine somebody, and I'm sure there have been, like Catholic priests or nuns who who wear their, their habits or their vestments like it's their super suit, like it gives them power and authority over people. And they know people are going to act a certain way around them when they see that collar or that habit. And if you have to keep the secret as something you only know you're wearing, it would seem to get rid of that possibility of vanity. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. The basic purpose of the Holy Mormon underwear is really, as far as I can tell, twofold. Constant reminder, as you were just talking about, and then protection against temptation and evil. There's analogs to that in just about, I mean, honestly, just about every religion in the world. There's some, there's some talisman that serves as a constant reminder, crucifixes and crosses, you know, a yarmulke, um, yeah. you know, a prayer shawl, prayer, you know, whatever you want to talk about. And then something that is supposed to provide protection against temptation and evil. Same thing. People have their talismans. People have their, their charms that they use, that they believe protect them from evil. So why, you know... Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, why should we make fun of these guys for having this? Basically, their version of that is just one thing, and it's really dumpy-looking underwear. Yeah, and when people put out a, a church puts out a video, <laughs> and really the only purpose of the video is to say, please stop yeah, making fun of our we're, underwear. We're, it's hard yeah. to not see them as being picked on. <laughs> like, they're the little kid in high school who gets picked on for his underwear. <laughs> like, uh, you know, who's getting yeah. hurt in this situation? Yeah, it's so... There's, I mean, you can go online and find the interviews that Mike Wallace did on 60 Minutes with Bill Marriott and the president, whoever the, was the president um, from um, Gordon, Gordon Hinckley, uh, and then um, Steve Young, actually, I think also, well, like I just said, he mentions his holy Mormon underwear. And you can see Mike Wallace smirking and kind of like, putting his finger across his face and across his mouth so that he can sort of, you know, oh, yeah. hide the smirk. Hide the smirk, but also yeah, sort right. of indicate yeah, that yeah. you're smirking. 
you know, yeah, dual function. The smirk. And there are people who have sort of mercilessly, mercilessly made fun of it. I mean, David Cross, famous comedian, love David Cross. Yeah, Tobias Fumke. Tobias Fumke. I'm, I'm watching yeah. back through all of the old yeah. Arrested Development, and his he's just so priceless. Oh, fantastic. But, um, you know, he went to he did a gig at University of Utah, and he made fun of the underwear. And there were plenty of Mormons that were, you know, kind of offended by this. And he was unapologetic. He said. And this is a quote. He says, I truly had no idea how much offense people would take. I didn't know because I never would have imagined that. It doesn't make sense to me. And then he says, he was genuinely shocked because it was so upsetting to so many people. I'm not using that as an excuse at all because although I didn't know that it would be so deeply offensive, I also don't give a shit. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I mean, I can see, look, he's a... A lot of his material, if you watch his stand-up, is designed for in, to inflame. It's supposed to be that, inflammatory. That fits. Yeah, he can get away with that. Now, I will say this: like, I don't want to be entirely defensive of this. Like, I don't want to be critical. I want to be fair. But I, there is this focus on modesty with it, on preventing immodesty. Uh, like going back to that, wearing it in your home. That they specify that people who have thumb garments, nor should they remove it to lounge around the home in swimwear or immodest clothing. So the idea of you can't lounge around your own home, maybe even alone in immodest clothing. But what if the mailman shows up, you know? Uh, or what if, you know? I guess. I, I, I just feel like there's all kinds of things implicit in that. That's a good point. I feel like, it's, I feel like that's focused and directed more towards women. I mean, the temple garments, to me, for the men, it just looks like shorts really and a t-shirt. Which kind of makes me think, why wouldn't they make, uh, why wouldn't they, so this, to do with the swimming thing, why wouldn't they put swimwear out? Or why wouldn't they make them waterproof? I guess I'd be uncomfortable after a while. I don't know. I mean, I just, I mean, it seems like they're, it's more directed about, it's more directed towards female modesty and maintaining a certain level of female modesty. like covered shoulders yeah when the focus is on female modesty really you know when that's the real goal then you get into yeah you know issues of misogyny yeah which the the mormon the the lds does not have the best track record with i mean i think that's something else that comes up for me with the mormon underwear this concern for modesty this is not just a secret thing you wear to remind yourself about God. There is this other component to it to maintain modesty. You know, there's all sorts of other groups in the world that have their, that use clothing in the same way to protect modesty or to even to advance the idea of modesty. It's so, in the grand scheme of things, it's so private. If you're a young lady at BYU and you really want to, get a guy's attention could you wear short shorts and have your undergarments showing basically from the mid thigh down to the knee no i don't think you're there's not supposed to be visible like you're not supposed to you're not supposed to call attention to the fact that you're wearing them what if could you could you wear shorts where maybe a half inch is showing out the bottom because i kind of feel like 
that would be kind of money you could basically you could be a guy that's kind of like hey you know i'm ready to if you're interested in a celestial marriage i'm endowed if you know what i mean <laughs> well endowed uh well i wonder about i mean i just feel like you have to be in mormon culture you have to be a mormon to know this cuz i i i'm thinking about this is it really a secret or is it sort of an open secret? Sure. Like, it's one thing to keep it a secret from non-Mormons. But can you tell walking around, like, oh, yeah, he's got he's got tumble he's garments got on. on. You know, the guy wearing the white shirt. You can see it. Like, everybody knows. There's, like, a... It's faint, but it is something that is visible. So maybe it's not the secret I'm wondering or thinking it might be. It is... It's subtle. Right. But it's there. if you know to look for it, it's there. And it's obvious. Right. I don't know. I just, I just don't. So know. many questions, and I don't, I don't know if we've arrived at an answer. I do feel like this episode, probably like so many episodes in our future together, started out as, oh, this will be fun to make fun of, and ended with us having a lot more respect for the, for the phenomenon than either of us really expected. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I would agree. And I'm still a little pissed off about that. <laughs> and I mean, I think it's it's better for me as a person and for other people that I be respectful of other beliefs. But I really wanted to be I, I, making fun of this a lot more. I mean, because the other thing is that this is this underwear. So you think underwear, you think sex, sexuality. Yeah. But I mean, it's because they're, they're right next to each other. But there's... I just didn't find anything no, about that. They're not interested. It's really interesting. Like there's there's no information about it. So I feel like it's even hard to make fun of it in, in those terms. They have the underwear on during sex. Well, I have no reason to think they do. Yeah. And you know, I honestly don't really want to know how that would work. I mean, any more than, you know, any other people who keep their underwear on during sex. Like you could do it, I guess, but why would you? <laughs> why? Yeah. <laughs> Ended up finding the temple garments a lot less strange than than I wanted to. Uh, I thought it was going to be more ridiculous than it was, and maybe I'm just maybe I'm reading the Mormon literature, but and I do have those concerns about modesty and who's that really directed towards. But in some ways, I can see this as being a little more respectable than a lot of religious clothing. Hmm. Yeah, I tend to agree. And thus ends the podcast of Strange Religion. If you listen to us on Anchor.fm, be sure to leave us a voicemail with your comments or questions about this episode or applaud us, though not too much because it will go to our heads. No, I'm okay with that. You can, yeah, just, yeah, I'd be fine with that too. It's just a caveat. <laughs> you, need, you can find us online at our blog, keepreligionstrange.com. You can leave comments for us there. Christopher tweets at... C.E.J. Brenna on Twitter if you're into that we can also be found at Strange Religion on Twitter and you can find us at our Facebook page Strange Religion Podcast and you can also email us at strangereligionpodcast at gmail.com uh, all religiously motivated death threats can be sent that way join us again next week for another episode of Strange Religion until then remember keep the faith and keep it strange Approach the altar 
will see the good in me It is my destiny Strange religion 